Are you a small business owner that's ready to grow your business through social media without having to hire a full-time staff or a third-party company? Honor your business and yourself and become educated in social media. Visit thesocialweb.news for more information. The Social Web and the Social Web Inner Circle, helping you untangle the web of social media marketing. What was interesting is they did all the white wines, and then it was shown that Chateau Montalena Chardonnay, which we're just about to drink, was the winner. And it pissed a lot of the judges off. Actually, a lot of judges wanted their score sheet back. So what they did was they did, you know, in um, basketball and football, they'll have what they call a makeup call, (laughs) especially in basketball. And uh, the makeup call is when you screw up, then you make it up on the next one, right? So what they did was they gave out of 20 points, there are nine judges, 20 points, right? They would give two and four points on some of these red wines that they thought were California. They they were wrong. They were wrong. (laughs) They were wrong on the Stag's Leap, apparently, because they thought that was Bordeaux. They were trying to outsmart everybody. And it turned out Napa was making some world-class wine. It's been a long week, right? Are you ready to wind down? Why not? It's time for the Wine Time Fridays podcast with Shelly and Phil. Neither are sommeliers, but both have a deep passion for life, each other, and delicious wine. And now, here to talk about this week over a glass of wine is Shelly and Phil. It's wine time. Hello and welcome again to another episode of Wine Time Fridays. I got it right this time. I've been screwing that up. I've been screwing a lot of things up. But uh, happy Friday. It's wine time. And we finally have our wine bell. So I have forgotten, uh, like to bring our wine bell the last couple uh, weeks. And we're going to say this right off the bat. All of that background noise you're hearing, um, our neighbor is nice enough to be building a fence right now. It's a metal fence. And and he... uh, is doing a lot of drilling but you know what it's almost 80 degrees here and we needed to do this outside uh so the last two weeks we've been on the road um but we're gonna actually kind of talk real quickly about what we got what we have going on today we're gonna talk about the judgment of paris and we're gonna probably talk about most of that you know midway to the end uh as we work through a couple things but we have a reception wine that Shelly doesn't know what this is. No, and so I won't, I won't, I didn't, Tastes but I like will apples. now. It, it's like apple. It, it's just got a crispy apple juice type thing going on. And it smells it's good. Golden. Yeah. Must be on oak. It's on oak. Yeah. Uh, we'll have another sip. Because we are doing a Chateau Montalena Chardonnay. I thought, why not have a reception wine? Which is a white burgundy. Ah, Burgundy Blanc. Okay. <laughs> so, this this is a coral. This is like a sixty-five dollar Bourguignon Blanc. Is that how you call that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a white a white burgundy. And we got that at the Culinary Stone. It's in one of our club packs. And we've actually thought a numerous times when we didn't have wine in the house. We thought, well, I have this one, and Shelly's like, no, <laughs> let's wait for a special occasion. I like. This is a special occasion because the Judgment of Paris 
they went with Napa Chardonnays versus French. Yeah, the the white Burgundies, and they picked out four really well-known white Burgundies, and six Napa Shards that got sent over. It was May twenty-fourth, nineteen seventy-six. So forty-five years ago, on uh, was this Friday? Uh, Monday. On Monday, it'll be the forty-fifth anniversary of the Judgment of Paris. Do you know how many wineries there were in Napa in 1976? I don't. Twelve. Really? Yeah. Are you sure? That's what they said. I've been doing a lot of research on this thing. Um, anyway, so I thought it'd be fun to pour a white Burgundy. What's interesting is they picked six wines from Napa and four from France. So I don't know. That's a little... Uh, they should have been equal. I they think. should have been equal. So they had, they had ten red whites and ten white wines. What's really interesting? Uh, what's the last place wine on that white list? On the white? Yeah. David Bruce. Oh no! I thought it was Fremont something. Um, that's on the red. Oh, that makes better sense then. Okay. Fremont oh, that's Abbey. okay. Fremont Abbey got the lowest score. Now there's a couple things about this that score was a 78 but one of the judges were was overheard saying when they sipped this wine was ah yes no they said ah yes back home to bordeaux that's funny and it was this one but what they did was because the judges this one what's that it was freemark abbey it was freemark freemark abbey um wasn't the winner so Um, it was in 1969 also so it was the oldest one. It was. What was interesting is the judges, uh, so they did all the white wines. And then it was shown that uh, Chateau Montalena Chardonnay, which we're just about to drink, was the winner. And it pissed a lot of the judges off. Yeah. Actually, a lot of judges wanted their score sheet back. Um, so what they did was they did, you know, in... Um, basketball and football they'll have what they call a makeup call mm-hmm. especially in basketball you have a makeup call and uh the makeup call is when you screw up then you make it up on the next one right um. so what they did was they gave out of 20 points there are nine judges 20 points right they would give two and four points on some of these red wines that they thought were california they were wrong they were wrong <laughs> They were wrong on the stag's leap, apparently, because they thought that was Bordeaux. They were trying to outsmart everybody. Mm-hmm. And it turned out Napa was making some pretty quality, world-class wines. As it turned out, yes. So the white wines in that flight were Chateau Montalena, 1973, Merceau, Charmant, 1973, Chalone Vineyards, Monterey County, Spring Mountain, Napa Valley, um, bon Claude de Moche, um, which is Joseph Druin, that was French. Fremark Abbey. Uh, Fremark Batard. Abbey had two in? They had a white and a they red? They had a white, yes. Oh, how about that? And Batard Montrachet. Pouligny, I can never say that. Pouligny Montrachet. Vitercrest and David Bruce. Um, Vitercrest is Napa, but David Bruce is Santa Cruz. 
So, completely different nose. It's funny because this wine tastes a bit like cherries and it's a white wine. I mean, it smells a bit like cherries. Well, let's toast this up to health, wealth, and abundance, gratitude, romance, and peace on earth. And Shelly, your giggles. And your kisses. As <laughs> she giggles. That's pretty good. That's delicious. Did we ever talk about the other day when when we tasted something we the Culture's Creek? Wrong? No, that's on the notes. Oh, it is okay. Yeah, the Culture's Creek, the Chardonnay Rosé. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you want to bring that up now? That's good. Yeah, sure. So <laughs> we went to visit Culture's Creek down in the Lewiston area, uh, Lewis Clark Avier. <laughs> and we thought we'll do a blind tasting because some people say you can put a red wine in and some people think it's a white wine and we're like that could never happen so we had a rosé and a chardonnay and we both blind tasted it and dang if we didn't call the rosé a chardonnay we both did <laughs> we both said this is the chardonnay so what's What's kind of funny, so John Cleese has something. I can't think, I can't remember if we've made mention. And I'll find it on YouTube, I think, and, and post it on our Facebook page. But they did. They did a blind taste. They were in bags, or not bags, but they had the cups. Though they weren't wine glasses, but they were cups you couldn't see, and they had a lid on it. Kind of probably like a sippy like cup. Like solo cup. <laughs> yeah. And so they would drink these. And when you don't get your nose in or visually, it changes everything. I, we've both done, so the Culinary Stone, before Trevor got there, they did a blind tasting on just, they put a bunch of wines in, about four or five wines. One was a Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand. One was a Pinot Noir, I think from Oregon. Two of my, what I feel like I can nail, I completely missed. It's amazing. No, you did not. (laughs) You got like three out of the five. And you're very good. You can get a Syrah when a Syrah's out there. You really are very good. Your nose and palate is is phenomenal. I'm working on trying to get there, but I'm not. Uh, so we were in Coulter's Creek, and I think Shelley had the rosé and I had the Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. And Didn't I just tell the story? Well, no, but I <laughs> wanted to elaborate on the one thing, because you said, I'm really not getting much difference between the two. That was seeing it. Mm-hmm. So I, I said, close your eyes. And I handed each glass to him, and she said the rosé was the Chardonnay. And then I was like, okay, kind of like those judges <laughs> in Paris, I am not going to get it wrong. I am I'm going to go in with some different data points. And she handed me the glasses, and I was really trying hard, and I named the rosé the Chardonnay as well. So that's, that's very interesting, how they could be that indistinguishable. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> okay, so we've got the Chateau Montalena. This is something I've been looking forward to for a long, long time. The Chateau Montalena, this is a 2017 Chardonnay. By the way, Chateau Montalena, this is a side gig for them doing Chardonnay. Their owner, uh, CEO now, which is Bo Barrett, says they are a Cabernet house. Oh, that's funny. Isn't that interesting? But they mm-hmm. sent the Chardonnay, and uh, it, this is fantastic. you have some information on this? Mm, yes. It's a 2017 Napa Valley Chardonnay. The winemaker is Matt Crafton. 
it was harvested earlier. I think harvesting is becoming earlier and earlier. It seems like it. Area is warming. Thirteen point nine percent alcohol, hundred percent Chardonnay. Um, it's been ten months French oak. I get cherries on this for some reason. You still do. Yep. Interesting. Fresh peach, apricot, honeydew, some rose water, some citrus. That's in the nose. That's what the tasty notes say is in the nose. How about the palate? Driven by lemon curd, which I love. It says the palate leans towards creaminess, and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, lemon curd, definitely. Isn't that interesting? Green apple. Definitely um, more acidic, but it's lighter on the oak, so only 10 months in oak. They're not doing the big butterballs they used to, which is probably good. So on the finish... I wonder how much oak was on the um, one that won. That's a great question. That was in 1973. By the way, Mike Gergich was the winemaker. Ah, he had his own cellars then. Yes, he's... As far as I know, he's 98. I think I think he's still alive. His daughter is involved with Gergich Hills right now. But Mike Gergich actually had his hand in a lot of different wineries down. He was a Croatian... Cro- Croatian? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that came over and was the winemaker Montalena as well as Mondave. And there was one other one. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But... The finish on this says concentrated and persistent with stone fruit, albeit in candied form. So could that be a, a little candied bit with your, it says along with a hint of white pepper and plenty of orange zest. There's no cherry in any of this, but you're still getting the cherries. Yeah, that's what I get. So, so we're going to kind of go back and forth a little bit with these because we have the opportunity of having a white burgundy along with this Napa Chardonnay. But the last couple of weeks, Shelley, we have been our own roaming travelers, haven't we? That's true. Uh, first of all, super fun last week. Yes. <laughs> roaming travelers is not really us. It's somebody no, else. No, but we were roaming travelers. We were. And that's one of the reasons why I think we named been, We were in Kingman, Arizona. Joshua Tree, Yucca Valley, Orange County. That's all. <laughs> Lewiston. That's, that's a week before. But I mean, we've been all sorts roaming. of... We have been roaming. In Lewiston, we, I don't believe, men, made mention to any of this on that uh, one podcast episode with Coco and Carl Umaker, who are doing freaking awesome things down at uh, Clearwater Canyon. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. But we went to Vine 46 and Jovenea Cellars uh, on the Saturday that we were down there. And uh, they had Twisted Vine Wine Tours was in Vine 46 when we were visiting there, which was kind of fun. They brought a little group in and they go along different uh, wineries wineries <laughs> in the area. And, tasting rooms. and you know what? This, this happens a lot in wine regions. And... Uh, it was you fun to see them. You can also take a river cruise. For oh, a that would be tour. fun. And I guess you have the wines on the boat oh, that would with be some f- dinner. That would be awesome. Yeah. 
We were at Rivara, which is beautiful, beautiful. If anyone goes to the Lewiston area, you have to go to Rivara. And they've got some vineyards that are up terraced on a hill and very rocky soil. Uh, they are all estate wines. And we brought back a, I want to say a rosé. And something red. We did bring blend. back some. Uh, uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. It was a red blend. And then we ended our trip at Coulter's Creek, which we have historically loved their wines. Um, albeit this trip wasn't the maybe the best because of the whole mask thing. Uh, we had it outside. And then the whole Chardonnay rosé mm-hmm. thing caught that us off fun. guard. Caught us off guard. They had a great uh, charcuterie tray with them. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, down there, and then of course last week, as Shelley already mentioned, down in uh, Joshua Tree, Yucca Valley, and all of that. And uh, so we stayed at an Airbnb owned by Chelsea and Andrew Evans. Um, you can find them on Instagram at Roaming Travelers. And they also own two boutique shops in the area. And so in Joshua Tree, which one's is, in Joshua Tree, one's in Twenty Nine Palms. Okay, yeah, um, they're very fun. And then Lindsay and Brian's Airbnb is coming along slowly. They're a little frustrated with the progress, but it's called Terra Nova. It will be ready hopefully soon. I put in the notes last week that it will be ready this summer. I felt that was pretty safe. Hopefully, yes. Terra Nova. And that's going to be a really nice property also. It has a meditation deck. Hey, let's meditate on this. We are going to hear from KB Wineries. And then when we come back, we are going to open up the Artemis from Stag's Leap. Cave B Estate Winery is a place where stories are created and memories made. And the Cave B Estate Winery Wine Club is a gift that keeps on giving with a variety of club levels from two to three bottle clubs to customer choice and case level clubs. And with each club, there are wine discounts, free tastings, yearly free event space in our cave for higher levels to an annual free social gathering. No matter which club level you choose, the Cave B Wine Club is a whole lot of fun. Join today or purchase a year membership as a gift for your wine-loving friend. And to learn more how you can experience a setting that allows you to be inspired through delicious wine, friendly staff, exciting events, and beautiful views, please visit cavebee.com or simply call 509-785-3500. Welcome back. Um, something that's not in the notes about this, first of all, so we watched Bottle Shock, which is pretty much everything about Chateau Montalena. Very, in fact, I don't think... And about it, the judgment in Paris. And the judgment in Paris. Um, they added some things. <laughs> <laughs> There's some fact and fiction. They didn't make much mention of the Stag's Leap, which is kind of too bad. Yeah, they should have included that a little more, too. That was uh, Stag's Leap, 1973 Napa Valley. Um, here's the funny thing. This was their first vintage. Yeah, I kind of remember that. This was their very first vintage. Oh, look at the ink on my hand. <laughs> That's why, not ink. So there are two different Stag's Leap. <laughs> this is the Stag's Leap 
wine cellars. The apostrophe is between the G and the S. Then there's also Stegs' Leap Winery. So are there two G's in the other Stegs' Leap? I don't think so. This one's yours. And I pretty much begged Shelly, here you go. Can we have steak tonight? (laughs) Because I knew we were going to have this Cabernet Sauvignon. Now, this was not the exact wine that was poured. No. Because that wine is over 100 bucks. Uh, It's the SLV. This is the Artemis. Um, Still 75 bucks. SLV. Stag's Leap Vineyards. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. Should we give this a toast to your giggles? To your kisses. And peace on earth. And you're going to double up on that today. Yeah. Why wouldn't you, right? Right. Okay. This... Just no. the smell, it could lie down for another 10 years. It's an 18. Least. Yeah, it's still fairly young. Maybe 20. Wow, lots of tannins. Oh boy. And I'm getting um, blueberries and blackberries on the nose. Mm-hmm. But th- yeah, so you are exactly right. Uh, this could lie down for many, many years. Um, which they probably built it differently. Uh, in 73, because this happened in 76. The whole idea, oh, go ahead. This, this tastes like charms, lollipops, charms, (laughs) cherry lollipops. So I don't even think they sell those anymore, but we used to have them in high school because the cheerleaders always sold them on Fridays for raising money for cheerleading. (laughs) But that's so funny that that's what you get on this. Yep. The nose is sensational. Uh, it's a little too delicious. <laughs> oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Um, ripe raspberry. This is what their tasting notes say. Dark cherry and blackberry. Dark. Everything's dark uh, on this with hints of cedar and spice and everything nice. <laughs> A little bit of chocolate. <laughs> a little bit of chocolate in my glass. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of cedar is what I ask. <laughs> this would go well with the grilled tri-tip, brave short ribs, or pasta with wild mushrooms and prosciutto. If you had pasta with... Ooh, hi, guys. Those are um, squirrels. Uh, if you had this with um, trained mushrooms, would it not be good? No. What well, says wild mushrooms? Yes. Well, let's edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wine analysis: ninety-eight percent Cabernet Sauvignon, one percent Petit Verdot, one percent Malbec. Wow. Uh, wine was aged for 15 months in 40% New Oak, 35% New French, 5% New American. Uh, with the balance. In, which is high for a California it is, red. It is. Um, if I'm looking at the Chateau Montalena, we had a 13.9 on that. And so that's a little bit more reasonable, it seems. But that ah, was a white so, wine. Yeah, and it's a little high for a white wine, it too. Um, so the whole. Stephen Spurrier, right, mm-hmm. which had the idea of doing this, 
it was really a friend of his that is American that lived in Paris. And every 4th of July or around the 4th of July, uh, she would say, I would like an American wine so that I can celebrate the independence of the United States. Independence Day. And she couldn't find any. And so finally she said, can we just, can we do some tasting with some, there's some fantastic wines out of Napa Valley. And he said, sure. And he said, as a, as a Brit, we're not really eager to celebrate your independence. <laughs> but uh, so that's where this all came about, is she, her persistence on getting this sort of thing. Of the nine judges, I think there were nine judges, maybe one, at the very most two, had ever tasted a California wine. So these judges had no idea what to expect. And like I said, this, this one said, ah, back, back to, back to Berg, Bordeaux. And it was really the, what, the Freeman. Freemark Abbey? Yes, that's what I was going to say. Yes. Okay. And so that's pretty cool. That's very fun. Um, anyway, Stephen Spurrier passed away in March of this year. Oh. Yep, March 9th. And so, uh, you know, kudos to him. Um, he passed away in England. He was uh, 79. The cause was cancer. And, it, you know, he you was, he, he opened that uh, academy. Academy. Duvin mm-hmm. Library. Yeah. Academy Duvin. And so that was his great little store. And right next to it was a wine school. And, he said something that I thought was fantastic. He said he never wanted to be, he wasn't an expert in wine. I'm like, we're not experts in wine. He said he wanted to be a great ambassador for wine. And I'm like, that's fantastic. So kudos to him for, for doing this. This changed the wine world immeasurably. Yes, it really did. Mondavi really put Napa Valley on the map. It did. There, Mondavi was still, he had started the process. Bulu, Bulio. Thank you. Uh, was there, there are a number of wine wineries that were established. They, Inglenook? I'm sure. So was Gallo. Uh, well, no Gallo's in Lodi. Oh, not Napa. They don't, they don't have any properties in Napa. I don't believe so. Oh, interesting. I'm not sure where Inglenook is either. Close to Napa. But there were some big wineries, and they didn't want those wines, not because they weren't worthy. They wanted some boutique wines because they wanted to really get into the winemaker and the vineyard managers that really had a lot invested in the process of making their wine. And, you know, Shalone was in there. Uh, Claude Duval. Shalone. Shalone was in there. Claude Duval. Claude Duval. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there was, this was a big deal. Mm-hmm. But uh, the movie Bottle Shock, Shock doesn't really depict everything that, uh, not accurately. You should see the movie for sure. <laughs> and, and there are a couple of things. Um, that aren't a hundred percent, but Hollywood takes creative license on these things. And, uh, it's a fantastic movie and it was all about, uh, this whole, uh, 
uh, Judgment of Paris. Um, what else we've got, Shelley? We've got, uh, we should talk about number 57 because we are on number 57. Number 57. Yes. Uh, do you know who wore number 57? I don't. <laughs> I'm going to know who wore number 67. Yes, I will have to put that one in. That's in 10 weeks. 10 we weeks. will hit 67. Thank you, Ryan. Um, number 57, Clay Matthews. So these are, you should know these names because they're from your area. Clay Matthews played linebacker for the U University da, 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 of Southern da, da, California Trojans. Just threw up a little bit. But Francisco <laughs> Rodriguez was a pitcher with the Angels. Mm -hmm. uh, he, uh, 2002, he won the World Series in his first season. Wow. That's pretty fun. Anyway, but he's been a full-time, four-time all-star and blah, blah, blah. We're <laughs> all about Southern California here. We, we're just there, right? So I was at the grand opening of Angel Stadium. As you should be. As I should have been, yes, yeah. when I was little. Uh, how about what we've had to drink the a last lot? couple weeks? Too much. This will seem heavy, but remember, we've been traveling. <laughs> <laughs> And while you're reading this list, because a lot of them have French names, I'm going to sip yeah, my Artemis. Chateau Saint-Jean Chardonnay, Stag Sleep Wine Cellars, Caria Chardonnay, Chanson Reserve de Bastion Vire White Burgundy, Tardieu Laurent Taval Vieille Vigna Rosé, Miraval Cote de Provence Rosé. Michael David Winery Petit Petit, Gerard Bertrand Cote de Rose Blanc, Rosé, Domaine Hippolyte, Reverdy Sancerre. We got that from the uh, Desierto Alto down yeah. in Yucca Valley. That's funny. And Alias Sauvignon. Also, also bought. bought from Desierto Alto. Um, and it was like twelve dollars. It was a pretty good price point. Oh, that was a really good price point. In fact, we really the we other like one both was of those. A little more expensive. Yeah, the other one is quite a bit more expensive, uh, but we really enjoyed those. Um, you know, for Sauvignon Blanc Day and things like that. That was fun, and we used that last week for a reception wine, the Sancerre. Yeah, right. that was which is a Sauvignon Blanc. Yep, fun, fun. Uh, we've got coming up. This week, so we have the 45th anniversary of the Judgment of Paris, uh, May 24th, which is Monday. It's That's also the Queen's birthday. Hail to the Queen. <laughs> Remember last week, we really had trouble <laughs> with the, the anniversary number. We're at 21, 24, 25. Mm -hmm. It's 45th anniversary. Yeah. Do the math. It actually adds up this time. Okay. Uh, we have two other wine days next week. My favorite day, <laughs> <laughs> National Rosé Day, <laughs> is on June 12th. That's oh, it's not next week. Right? No, but no, National oh. Wine Day National is next week. Oh, where? Does, yes, it is, but I skipped right to Rosé. Yes, you did, <laughs> because that's how this works. Um, next week on Tuesday is National Wine Day, and then next Thursday is International Chardonnay Day. So we're having a couple of Chardonnays tonight. But Shelley points out a very true day. 
on the 12th of it's June. It's only a month away. <laughs> it's not even that long. Not it's a couple of weeks. Bad. National Rosé Day, along with National Bubbly Day. A week National that. Bubbly Day. And Prosecco needs a total week. I know. <laughs> you can save on that June one. June 11th or 16th. 6-5 is National Bubbly Day. Okay. And by the way, next week. I think Rosé needs a whole week. Rosé should take three months. <laughs> no, maybe not. Do you realize we have like five Rosés in this house? August. That's what I was thinking. Maybe September and May. So five months <laughs> for rosé months. Rosé all day. And just round it up to one more month, so it's six months of the year. No. But the other six months, you can have it too. Uh, look at the difference on these uh, Chardonnays now. That French one looks more golden. True. Very true. Uh, all right. So next week on the podcast, we're going to be talking to Sam Lang, which was really a fun episode to... Record? Film. Record, yes. <laughs> He's a sommelier at Beverly's at the Coeur d'Alene Resort here in town. Very yeah. knowledgeable. Uh, what else we've got? That's we're, it. We're pretty much we're done. done. We are done and over. It's time to make the steak. Oh, yeah. You know how thick that is? It's like inch and three quarter. Okay. It's very thick. With just a little... The steak is... <laughs> You are in the gutter. With just a little bit of knowledge, wine becomes less overwhelming. And we've really fed a lot of knowledge in the last three weeks. And we're going to do some more next week. It's a lot of information. Well, we did. Clearwater Canyon, last week was a lot of knowledge. Today, Judgment of Paris. Next week, Sam Lang, sommelier of Beverly's. Have an awesome weekend. We will um, be here next week for you with Sam Lang. Have a great weekend. We have news for you. Wine needn't be intimidating or boring either. Let sommelier and wine buyer for the culinary stone, Trevor Treller, help you in selecting wines that deliver the best quality to price ratio. The wine regions of the world and our own country can offer up these glorious bang for the buck items and some special occasion premium bottles too. Let us guide you in your search for that perfect bottle of wine. If you have any questions, visit culinarystone.com or simply call 208-277-4116. Thank you for spending part of your day to wind down with Shelly and Phil. Remember, you can listen to any episode of the Wine Time Fridays podcast by visiting winetimefridays.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And join us on our Wine Time Fridays Facebook page, Instagram, or on Twitter, which is at Vintage Tweets, for daily conversation. Until next week, here's our toast to you. To health, wealth, abundance, gratitude, peace on earth, and of course, romance.